Welcome, everybody, to the Men for Life podcast. This is Andrew Jacoby. I'm here, as per usual, with my good friend, Pete DeMaio. And we have Luke Kozak yep. in the house. Luke, welcome to the Thank Men for you. Life podcast. I'm excited. Longtime listener, first-time caller, Luke Kozak. And we have Nick DeMaio as well. Nick, welcome again. Longtime listener as well as frequent podcast guest. So we have a new guest and we have an old guest, and we have Pete and Andrew in the driver's seat, S- plural. So, Pete, why don't you, as we normally do, we're going to find out what it's like. We're going to continue our series. We have a new young man. So we like, Luke, to find out a little bit about you, what it's like to be you in the modern world. You come from a big family, a big, nice Catholic family. So we'd like to hear about what it's like for you in the world. And uh, in the meantime, Pete, could you start us off in a prayer, please? Yeah, I would love to. <clears throat> Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, death. Amen. amen. Mary, thank you for the gift of these young men. Um, please uh, continue to guide us in our lives, especially in these young men's lives, and please um, help to inspire the hearts and the minds of our listeners um, so that we can build up a stronger culture of men where we can be virtuous to our women and we can be defenders of life. And we ask this in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. So we have Luke. It's wonderful to have you on the podcast, my man. Could you give us a little bit of, we're going to sort of do a a little bit of a deep dive into who you are and what it's like to be you. Tell us a little bit, how old are you, man? Uh, I recently turned 16. 16 years old. October, yeah. Wow, so you're in 10th grade? Yeah. Amazing. 10th grade. Are you driving a car right now? Uh, I'm in the process of doing that. In the process of learning how to drive? Yeah, learning how to drive, you know, I didn't get my permit still, I've been busy. What do you think of driving? Are you a fan? Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of driving, you know. I watch Formula One. I love that. Oh, wow. Nice, man. Big Ferrari guy, so yeah. So you're going to get a job so you can get yourself a car? Yes. Awesome. I'm going to get a good job. That's good to hear. Where do you work right now, Luke? I work at Chick-fil-A. Ooh, that's some good sandwiches (laughs) over at Chick-fil-A. Where? Which one? I work at the one in the Exton Mall. It's kind of dead, the mall, but people come in just for the Chick-fil-A. Yeah, um, we the Men for Life supports Chick Fil A. <laughs> yes, we do. That's do endorsed. Us. We That's we have we like funny socks and Chick Fil A. <laughs> Big fans of Chick Fil A, so we support your line of work, Luke. Yeah. Um, Shout out to the owner of Chick Fil A for taking a stand on moral issues. He's not Catholic, but he is Christian, and he's mm-hmm. a very very strong devout Christian, and tried to build Chris a Walsh. really good. Oh, what's his name? Yeah, Chris Walsh. Uh, uh, yeah, I recently did an interview with him. He's a great guy. He's really nice. And he's my boss, I think. Did you talk? You talked to him? Yeah, I talked to him. Yeah. Did you really? Yes, man. Yeah. <laughs> Was it one one of those, like, where he pretends to be, like, a worker and he comes in? Is there a TV show like that? <laughs> he's, like, the fake boss or whatever. Yeah, and he comes oh, undercover in. boss. Yeah, yeah undercover yeah. boss where he comes in, he, like, puts a wig on or something. Was it like that? he fools everybody. No, I interviewed him. I had to go. I had to he interviewed me. Oh, really? Yeah. For what? What did he interview? What did the owner of Chick Fil A interview you about? Working at one of the Chick Fil A's. So, what were the questions? 
What's it like to work? Uh, so You're like, dude, it sucks. I don't get paid that much. <laughs> I'm around fried chicken all day. I yeah. got a bunch of people being jerks to me all day. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? What's it like? It's terrible. Yeah. He just, like, asked me questions about myself pretty is, much. Is he the manager or owner, owner of that individual location? Yeah, he is. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. This guy, the owner of all of the Chick Fil A's, uh, his name is Dan Cathy. Oh, oh, oh yeah. that's who I thought. Yeah. Do you know of that's him? who I thought. Oh no, know. I didn't interview with him. No, no well, of course not. Yeah, I right. Mean, you, you interviewed the owner of, of the, your right. Chick Fil A. Okay, yeah. I thought we we were we were thinking you were like a rock star. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, like, I'd be sick. Feeling a little jealous over here. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, is your owner a Christian man also? Oh uh, yeah, he yeah he's definitely a Christian. I know that when I interviewed him, when he interviewed me, oh my gosh. He told me that what it means to be Chick, what it means to work at Chick Fil A is to like serve others. And I'm like, oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> and I no, because he said that that was like the definition of working at Chick Fil A is to serve others. And he said something about God. I forget, but I was like, okay. And he's a Christian. I know that. I don't know if he's Catholic, but yeah. definitely. He's definitely a Christian. That's great. But I still think that that's great. You know, it's just engraved in the company, you know. Yeah, yeah gonna... that's cool. Yeah, they're definitely counterculture. I don't know what exactly. Like, they, they don't, they're not open on Sunday. Right? Yeah, they're not open on Sunday. And what else do they do that's different uh, in terms of, like, that's countercultural or anything? It's just a non-Sunday uh, thing. And they happen to be owned by a Christian, like an out-and-out an out, and out <clears throat> Christian, real believer in the Lord. Um. I don't know. I mean, they're nice to the people that come there. So they're nice people that work there. They care about the people, the customers. So I guess that's for that. So there's nothing, there's no like special Christian um, rules other than the fact that it's not open on Sunday. No, no, no. Cool. So how long have you worked there? Uh, I've worked there since the end of July. You're, is that your first job? Yeah. What's Both it? My brothers work there, so. Just... What's What's it like to be employed, man? Compared to school? Yeah. I don't remember it because I've been employed for like a long time, so I don't know anything not being employed. But what's it like being employed for the first time in your life? Uh, it feels pretty good because you're getting paid. <laughs> yeah. That's a feature. Paid. Yeah. That's not a bug. That's a feature. And you know, when you're a young guy and you're in school for all these years, you kind of just want to be done and start yeah. working or something. Uh-huh. Andrew and I are on the other side of this thing. Like, we've been working for so many years that at this point, we might just want to go back and hang out in school for a little while and learn yeah. something, right? <laughs> 100%. Because. Yeah, because there you could just learn interesting things. You yeah. know, like you learn about mathematics and oh, yeah, philosophy and yeah. theology. And we're in like in business, it's kind of about the dollar. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like it's focused around that, which is fine. We all need money, but mm-hmm. you're not pursuing truth for the sake of truth. Whereas when you're in an academic environment, ideally you're able to pursue the truth. So if you go to college, the goal of that is to acquire wisdom, is to acquire knowledge. And when you're the goal of a business is, you know, to make f- money for our listeners, Andrew, um, great <clears throat> point and and possible segue is um, you two are very very fortunate that you're at at such an ultra Catholic school, Regina Luminous Academy. Um, we have these Regina schools here in the Philadelphia area, um, so it would be nice to find out from you guys like what's so unique, what's so special what's so different about your schools what are some of the things that you guys are learning not just in your theology class but in your other classes yeah. as well um 
because like one of the things that just came up in our family is the teachers at these Regina schools have to take an oath that yeah. they are going to follow. My understanding was they were on yeah. the stage, yeah, right? Was, uh-huh. Yeah. Tell us. We, we want to hear in front of everybody. I mean, as a Catholic, this should be at really at every single Catholic school, yeah, but it, sh- I, it should be at every school. But basically what they did was all the teachers um, got in front of the entire high school and they took an oath that says they're going to uphold all of the of what the Catholic Church teaches. And they what I found really like they specifically pointed out that they're going to support what the Catholic Church says on abortion and what the Catholic Church says on contraception. Like they specifically pointed the two of those out. So this, they said it in front of everybody? In like front of the all whole, the high school, yeah. In front of the whole. And then they signed it. Wow. That's pretty incredible actually. Really great. Beautiful. Honestly, beautiful. As a dad, knowing that you guys are there couldn't make me any happier, you know? Um, what about you, Luke? What did you Have you been anywhere other than Regina, or have uh, you only been in Regina schools? So I've only gone to Regina Luminous Academy. I was homeschooled through eighth grade, and then I went to RLA, and I'm probably going to be there for the rest of high school. So. What was uh, homeschooling like? Um, it was pretty, honestly, uh, it's kind of, I don't even... I don't know. It's it's kind of it's not as like it doesn't you don't get have as much pressure on you as if you're in a school because obviously it's like your mom teaching you and you're and uh, I would rather be in a school because I'm stuck at my house most of the days and you get to get be with your friends at school obviously so I like school more than like being homeschooled but homeschool is not a bad decision if I do say so myself. And you, do you understand why your parents chose to homeschool you? Like, did they tell you, or did you? Do you understand why? Uh, it's kind of both. It's kind of both of those. So most of the schools. So before, when I was originally homeschooled, we lived um, in Delco, Drexel Hill, and we weren't near Regina Luminous. We weren't near any of the Regina schools. So all the schools around us were like big public schools, and they have horrible. Uh, theology program, obviously, most of them do. And uh, my my mom didn't want us to grow up to be idiots, so <laughs> so we were homeschooled through eighth. I was homeschooled through eighth grade. My two brothers were homeschooled through until they were freshmen, and so then we moved to Malvern, and then we were near this Regina Luminous School, a like twenty minutes away. So. And we knew people that went there, and their parents said it was a really good Catholic hardcore school. So then we tried that out, and it went great. And that's pretty much just goes from there. Good job, Mrs. Kozak. Excellent work, Mrs. Kozak. (laughs) And you are the – so Luke is one of nine children. Yeah. Um, It's amazing. Yeah. Where Where do you fall in the order? I'm the third. So I have two older brothers. One of them recently graduated last year. My other brother is a senior. And I'm the third. I'm a sophomore. They're great guys also, by the way, Andrew. Awesome. My, Trisha loves Matt, the oldest. Um, he just graduated last year. He's yeah, such he a did. good – yeah, he's yeah. just a good guy. And you uh, you have a wonderful family, Luke. You really you. do. Thank yeah, you. all of you What's guys. it like to have nine children or eight brothers and sisters? What's that like for uh, you? It's pretty packed, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's packed. Uh, it's you know, there's always something going on. You're never like just sitting down. 
not doing anything because you're going to be with one of your siblings because I have a two-year-old sibling and I have a four-year-old sibling and a six-year-old sibling. So you're always going to be doing something pretty much, which is which is great. Definitely. I can agree with that. There's never yeah, a, never a dull moment, moment at yeah. the Mayo. Giovanni. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For you guys are older. You're not the oldest, but you guys mm-hmm. are both from you know from larger families, and uh, yeah, that's interesting. What's the perspective on that? Is fun? Like yes. when you get older, would you like to have the same? Hundred percent. Of- yes. Definitely. Hundred percent. Yeah. Nick, you might be a priest, though, right? Yeah. So you might not. You might be having the entire archdiocese as your children. You might have like million a million children. Yeah. <laughs> or or like whatever your parish size. Yeah. Luke, you were saying before we went live on the air, you were saying about the adoration for the Steuben Village yeah. Conference, and um, and you were saying how amazing it was. Yeah, it was, it was like a great experience. Three hours, you said. Yeah, it was it... like three hours, and it felt like forty minutes. It reminds me of one of my teachers told me that um, Padre Pio, when he said mass, the mass took like three hours, two and a half hours, but it, it felt like such a short amount of time because how holy the mass was and that's how I kind of felt during adoration after I knew that it was three hours I'm like that was three hours long I didn't even notice that yeah it's amazing when you're having fun or really genuinely enjoying something how fast time goes yeah, yeah. or when you're bored that's how, how slow time will definitely the benefit or one of the benefits one of the many benefits of what I was telling you the other day dad the Latin mass is is we already know what to do in the English masses, so a lot of times we find ourselves just going through the motions, you know? And meanwhile, there's a sacrifice going on at every mass, you know? There's a miracle at every mass, so I mean, like, the Latin masses, at least from what I've heard, is you get to rediscover the church, basically. You get to rediscover, and there's a mystery there. So You had mentioned someone that you were talking to was going to a Spanish mass, yeah. and because it was in a different language, they were basically like almost like learning the yeah. mass all over again. From you know, almost as like a brand new Catholic. Who was it? Was it a friend? Or? It was um the, one of um some a lady was on a mission in Detroit, and um, her mom teaches at our school, so she came and spoke to all of the high school kids. Nice. Yeah. You've actually had a few interesting speakers at the school already. Oh yeah. Yeah, do you want to tell us about the um So, Luke oh, yeah. actually is really um one of the people who came and spoke was Austin Peck. Shout out Austin. Who's that? Um Definite shout out Austin Peck. <laughs> I'll let Luke tell more about him because Luke is actually like he's known him for a while. Really? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um so Austin Peck, he grew up in Hollywood and he he converted to Catholicism and he's a really good Catholic and he's a really good guy and he's an actor which is really amazing because he he shows us and when he talked to us he talked to the entire high school um, it was a great talk and he was saying the benefits of be, of acting as like a Catholic and how different it is as a Catholic to be an actor now than how it could, how it was, and how like screwed up the world is and the society is today, and how it will screw with your mind, make you think different things as a Catholic and being an actor. So that's what that's one of the things he talked about. 
So yeah, basically he like just a little bit more about him is he like he had a, he grew up with a single mom in Hollywood. He found like basically the only way he could get like get something good out of life is by acting. He gets into acting, realizes that it's a total mess in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So he's basically telling us like like he basically exposed all of the lies. Yeah, all the lies about Hollywood and how they're anti-catholic mm-hmm. how they are totally pushing our like uh, an agenda onto the world you know well i guess the country but yeah and it and and honestly it is the world because a lot of of other countries are tuned into our american culture our american shows so what was he saying about that i know you had told me a little bit about that before nikki what were you, was he saying about that, about, like, the specific agendas with the different shows and channels and stuff? He mentioned a few things to you guys specifically. Yeah. Um, Do you remember? He mentioned how he called out some shows, like cartoon shows. Mm-hmm. Steven Universe. Steven Universe is yeah. one of them. Um, Adventure Time is another one. I don't know if you guys know those. I don't know. Yeah, no. they're more recent. But um, the makers of them are um, whatever. I don't. Like, so it's like, not accidental. It's not yeah, the things not. that they we're seeing on TV today. Trying to brainwash you into thinking something that's not true. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean, I think the I I could be totally wrong, but I think the one show, Steven Universe, he's basically raised by a bunch of women, right? Yeah, isn't that what happens? Yeah, so he's raised by a bunch raised by a bunch of women crystal gems, and but there's no male crystal gems; just only females. And I don't think Austin Peck mentioned this, but there's this there's this weird thing that they do because I've I've seen like an episode before, and they like fuse together and they both become one one big creature. Yeah, and you don't but, you don't think much of it, but there's never like even going all the way back to the 1990s with Toy Story. Yeah. With Buzz and Woody. Where's the dad? That's what Austin Peck said is one of the things that he mentioned is you see all of the TV shows and movies that they're trying to make. The dad is either not present, like you said, in Toy Story, or he's like an idiot. He's a loser. He doesn't know anything. Mm -hmm. So that's he said that's 100 percent. The agenda that they're trying to push is that, you know, the men aren't they're dumb, basically. Nikki, you were still a baby, but even mommy was saying that to me, like back when you guys were little and we're watching these shows with you guys. And she would say, why is the dad a dope in all these shows, basically? Like, yeah. where's the real strong? Yeah. You know, like used to be. Yeah. Guy? The way like the leave it to Beaver. Dads. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so in an effort to create this like equality or whatever is we've created a new inequality where there's no man or the man is just, you know. Well, it seems like, I mean, the, I don't know why I'm, um, I don't know a lot about the, the sort of uh, newer shows, but it does seem like this, this weakness amongst men within the show. Do you guys mm-hmm. notice this inconsistently? Cause I don't watch yeah, a lot of shows yeah, that were yeah. created And in the more world recently. today, it's not just in shows, but people are trying to demask, do you like, Make men think that yeah you got it demasculine yeah, yeah. masculine man men into being not masculine enough that's um like it's so it's either you have to be not a not a man you have to have, be feminine yeah to be a man or you have to be 
so masculine that it's almost a bad thing. Why do you guys that. think that is for the young generation? Why do you guys? It's what's your what's your guess as to why that is? I would say it's totally an attack on the church. I'd like a hundred percent because it, mm. to, in today's day and age, you can't be devout and still be a man. You either have to be a woman or you have to be some like brute force type of guy that and if you're caught praying it's the end of the world mm -hmm. you know and like that's definitely it's it's totally an attack on the church without a doubt i don't know I mean, what, what do, do you think, think luke? luke what like what nikki just said had do you guys ever talk about that or had you given thought toward that before um I don't think we've ever talked about that, and I don't know if we're ever talking about that. But uh, I mean, every Tuesday we, um, sorry, but oh, yeah. we, every Tuesday we, um, all the guys in the high school, what we do is we all the they'll split up all the guys and the girls, and they'll have the teachers talk to us, right? And um, yesterday, because yesterday was Tuesday, our chemistry teacher who usually talks to us was saying how it's a battle. For us men, obviously women have their struggles too, but every single day it's a battle for men, and the battle is in here, you know? So if we can't even understand what's in here, which is where they're trying to attack, you know? Like, they have these the cartoon shows, like, telling kids from a young age that they're telling guys that they're a woman, you know? So if we can't even understand what's inside of us, how are we going to be able to fight the battle that's inside of us? Yeah, exactly. I remember Vincenzo must have been five or six years old at the time. And I remember it was like the Nick Nick Jr. Awards or Disney Awards or something. And it was one of those like rah, rah, you know, hear me roar women, you know, like things. And, and it was women can be this. Women can be this. Women can be this. You can be a fireman. You can be you know, whatever. And Vincenzo actually looked over to mommy at one point and said, well, mom, can I be those things too? <laughs> I'm a guy. I'm a boy. Can't I be those things too? Well, that's what the world that you guys are describing is you're actually you're being uninclusive of males yeah so for the people who are always talking about diversity and equity and equality inclusion, and inclusion yeah. you're you're actually being uninclusive you're yeah. committing the same crime you're criticizing others of and they're swapping the roles too because i know that this podcast is for the most part it's men for life but they're definitely swapping the roles too they're telling women that no, don't be a mom. Don't stay at home and take care of the children. Don't be the receiver for what the man has to offer, right? I, like, you have to go out there and you be the man of the household. You do all the work, you know? Don't let a man – you can get everything you want yourself. You don't need a man in your life, you know? So really it's for both sides. Hence, yeah. hence abortion, by the way, because if a woman wants to be equal to a man – and then wants to be able to do, act, and do everything that a man does, well, then they can't be pregnant yeah. Yeah. because that's going to interfere with. And that that's much deeper, like you were just saying, Nikki, that's inside of your head and inside of your heart. Yeah. And they're reaching people there. You know, it's interesting. I, I notice it as like, I seem to see it as this... Um, like clown world versus the real world like in all this this analogy all these there's all this talk about women doing everything and whatnot and then 
wherever you're driving and you see people on a roof working, it's all dudes. Yeah. yeah. You know, like whenever you go to a construction site, yeah, it's all du- like wherever where you would expect it to be, all guys. It's all guys. It's all guys. So like yeah. they're working in the background. This entire civilization, all of the heavy lifting stuff that's necessary, is being done by men. And yet there's this whole narrative degrading that work, saying, "Oh no, you guys, you know, it's just like, oh, it's just a, some sort of page, it's a, some sort of oppressive structure." It's like that oppressive structure is the reason why you have water to drink in your glass, yeah. and the reason why you have heat in the winter. And the reason why you have electricity in your house and the reason why when your plumbing gets busted up, you know, it gets fixed. And the reason why you have plumbing in the first place. And so there's a there's this mm. one world of of the, nar- the quote unquote narrative, the, the, what they're saying, and then the real world, what's actually happening. And the real world makes sense because guys like things more and women like people more in yeah. general right <laughs> so like and the nurse on the other hand the nurses are mostly women yeah. there's a lot of women nurses a lot of women psychologists yeah like things like that so i mean it's, it seems it's to me it saddens me because i see a lack of of respect for the work that the average and this in this case man is doing out there in the in the danger on the on the oil fields and in the um, you know on the on the power lines in the middle of nowhere, and taking huge risks and and holding up the civilization literally, so that now there's this media culture that is all supported by this work. But in this media culture, now we're going to denigrate the work. We're going to say, oh yeah, well whatever, anybody could do that, and like whatever, it's it's just a, some oppression for you're just trying to keep us down. It's like. Really? That's kind of crazy. That's that's really um, yeah, not I, a grateful way to yeah. look at what's happening. Not only is it not realistic because everybody knows what you're going to see on a construction site mm-hmm. and everybody knows what you're going to see when you call a plumber nine times out yeah. of ten or whatever. Yeah. What do you guys think of this? Um, so, Andrew and Nick, you made me uh, remember something that Austin Peck said when he was talking to us. He said, I don't know if he said that Jesus said it, if it was written somewhere, but he said that what's insane will be sane and what's sane will be insane. And what Nick said, women being, not just women, but like I've seen other examples of this in, on the world and on my phone, but what's, but like women wanting to be the man of like the household almost, be the man figure um, is if you were in the 1800s, that would be insane. That would be completely insane. But now, if you're saying if you say that in today's world, you would be insane. So it's it's like already... and we're even going to name it something, Luke. We're going to call it hate speech too. Yeah. So we have to give it a name and a title also. It's yeah. totally crazy. I found <clears throat> this. Go ahead. What were you? That's say? such a good point, Luke. Um, I didn't. That was such a good point. And you've seen it as a young man from a pure wholesome structure right within your own house you have a mom you have yeah. a dad they're married they yeah. love each other the they're sign doing what of their, they're supposed to do yeah the sign of their love is nine children you yes. know and so you're seeing it very very clearly yes so it's not like you're just some guy with an, a young guy with an opinion who's standing out there with like your megaphone like yelling you know at others it's like truth. yeah 
and Amen. you're calling out sanity and insanity. Yeah. Right. Very, very clearly. That's dude. That's really good. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, um, Nikki. No, I'm just gonna say like. Another thing that our chemistry teacher, first off, he has to come on here. He's yeah, he an does. absolute oh genius. Gosh. I heard he's a beast. What's his name, guys? Mr. Westhead. Michael Westhead. Yeah. Mr. He- Westhead, you're welcome on the Men for Life. Consider yourself officially invited. Yes. Yeah. Not you'll, only- you'll, you'll receive your JP2 <laughs> Men for Life socks in the mail <laughs> as your official um, uh, invite. That's uh, a consider great this idea for the new virtual invite. Yeah, for oh, the yeah. invites, we're gonna send uh, JP two socks. <laughs> Go ahead. But no, like not only is he like a chemistry genius, but he's also a Catholic genius. Knows and not just Catholic. He knows all the Jewish um, like history. He knows absolutely he's everything. He's a genius. He's the smartest and most devout person. I mean this hundred percent. I've ever met. Um, but what he said other than present company. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think these Besides guys almost that. lost their minds for yeah, a second. Come on, Andrew. Now. <laughs> come on now. We got a podcast. He doesn't have a podcast. Does he? <laughs> um, but no, one thing he told us yesterday is like nowadays we don't – he said we don't have that net if we were to step out of line. He said when I was a kid back then and you go back even further, it's even more so like if you were to step out of line, even if your parents weren't to – like, get you back in line, you had grandparents, you had aunts and uncles, you had cousins, you had people around you, pastors at your church that would say, hey, look, you're stepping out of line. You need to, like, dial yourself back in, basically. And it's not just stepping out of line. Like you said, Dad, Luke comes from a great family. Think about people that come from less fortunate situations, you know, they single, like, mothers. You know, or just a father, you know, a parent died, whatever. You are living on low income. We don't have the people around us to be there, to be the net for us. You know, who are you supposed to go to if your dad's in jail, your mom doesn't have a job, you you have no family to talk to, you don't even know who God is, you're like, there's no pastor to talk to you. 100%. You know, there's an interesting statistic I was reading, which is that a larger and larger percentage of people in the Western world live in cities, so like not small communities. And in the city, you're much more likely to be these like individual anonymous, that's the advantage of the city, mm-hmm. is that you can go and be anybody because nobody cares because there's no community really. It's just like a, a conglomeration of, of individual consumers. We're all just like they're sort of packed together and to smaller communities where people had families and there was everybody knew each other. And so there's all these different ways where people will stop each other for the sort of police each other because there's, you know, this family's telling, hey, I saw your kid the other day driving down the street the other side of town and he mm-hmm. was doing this and that. Maybe you should like put a leash on that kid or whatever. That doesn't happen in the city. It's free for all in the city. And we're more and more moving to that. So it's kind of interesting. What are your guys' thoughts on um, this idea that um, you as men are looked down upon by this culture? How do you handle I mean, because you guys are young guys and you're trying to grow up into men. And you live in a culture that doesn't really seem to recognize the value of you as a man. So how do you, how do you first of all, process that? 
And what do you do against that? What's your strategy? Because you guys need a strategy, right? There needs to be some kind of, some kind of, um, yeah, strategy against that movement. So, what would you guys say to that? So, so I me mean, and Peter already cooked. We're like, <laughs> like we're like middle aged dudes. Yeah. But like, you guys are young. You're coming into this. So it's it's not like we're not given a choice at all. Um, it's basically. Well, we're given a choice, but it, it's all right. You either have to wear a dress, or <laughs> you're, or we're not going to recognize you. You know, we're not going to recognize you as a man. Mm. Or as you were describing before, you're like Iron Man or something. Yeah, you know, like or some, yeah, like where some it's like not superhero. Even, yeah. It's not even real. Yeah, it's right. that, where's the actual authentic masculinity? Yeah, um, I feel like. Um, the authentic masculinity is where is how much you care about others and how much you don't care about yourself, how selfless you are, and how much you care about others more than yourself. Mm. Yeah, you see most of the saints, like, you want to talk about people to look up to? That They are, are, they should be our role models. St. Francis of Assisi, I know, um, and I'm sure almost all of the other saints as well, but him, I know, like, if he he would punish himself if he thought he had too much. If he felt too comfortable in his bed, he would sleep on the ground with no blanket or pillow. If he didn't, if he felt too comfortable taking a bath, he would take ice baths. You know, like it's a lot of it is self discipline. You know, um, that's a great answer, Nick. I think that like to the idea that you're called to be a saint regardless of the culture. Yeah, that's a great answer. And I feel actually. like so it's like who who cares what's happening around me. Yeah. Like I have this ability to discipline myself in whatever way I need to be disciplined so that I can carry out what the Lord and his church want for me, which is the creation of my life as a saint, meaning you know, to sanctify my life to the greatest extent possible, regardless of what's going on outside. That's on me. I think it's a great answer, man. Yeah. How about you, Luke? What do you think? Uh, so, well, I think that a, I think a great like role model for like a man is like Captain America. <laughs> because look how look how explain self- look how selfless he is towards other people, towards himself, and look how much he cares about everybody else and is self how selfless he is. Because I bet you that Captain America could be a really rich guy if he wanted to, because he's Captain America and everybody knows him in the entire world, and he chooses not to. In fact, doesn't he like stay in like the shadows for a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Towards like the first movie, Martin, one of our friends, Martin O'Rourke. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's... So let's let let me get specific because I think that there's some specific challenges, and we've talked about this with you, Nick, already on the show. But Luke, you're new, mm-hmm. so we want to talk to you a little bit about this, um, which is that the specific line of attack that the culture creates for young people is sexual. Yeah. Right. It's sexual sin. Mm-hmm. Because it's everywhere lust. in the world, lust. Yeah. It's like that's the main. It's attached to you on your phone every everywhere. Right, you go. exactly. That's where like Pete and I don't have this context because when we grew Fist up, bump we for Luke, this guy's on. Yeah, it. man. We didn't have. I mean, there was like nudie mags and like maybe when VHS came around, but the level today, it's so much more. Yeah, it's like um, it's a different level that you guys are growing up in. So, how do you? Because you know, how do you deal with this? How does it? show up in your life with the women that you're you're you get to know in in the in the school or in your daily life or you know the phone How, just talk to me a little bit talk to us about um 
how you handle the specific issue because this is one I think where the rubber meets the road because mm -hmm. it's the culture trying to take you down so essentially. I think that something good is to have a good have a good friend group in a way because a lot of people some of my friends know other people who talk about women in such brood crude ways but uh, me me specifically my friend group uh, we're not like that and uh, we can we're Catholic and we can fight temptation more than the other people because we have God with us and Jesus with us and we have our friends our good friends yeah if I can add to that like the last time I was on here it was the very beginning of school yeah but now that like I'm like learning more about the school since I just transferred um, like it's so much better than any other school. There's no other school like that's the one awesome, we go to man. because that's great, Nick. No one, everyone there is just so. Pete and Pete smiling. It's <laughs> it's like I'm. Pete it's is happy. No dad. joke though. Everyone it should there is, be man. It's good stuff. It's so happy devout. dad right here. Happy dad. Yeah. Go ahead. You found so, the right context. You found the right group of people. To yeah, be around. And, like everyone agrees. Like there's bad stuff out in the world. We're not going to let that into our school here. Mm -hmm. You know. Right. You what guys was, are what's actually. The difference? What's the difference? Sorry, Pete. No, I was just going to say, you guys are actually what you just described, Luke, is what's happening is you guys are like arms locked. None of you are perfect. You're all human mm -hmm. beings. You're young adults. You're under a lot of temptation, and the world's crazier now than it's ever been before. Yeah. But you guys are arms locked trying to actually fight this thing together. Like trying to be young people, guys and girls, trying to have fun, doing all normal things. You guys are all, you're about as normal as normal gets, you know? Yeah. And uh, we're talking cross country in the car on the way down. Luke, Luke runs. Nikki, many of you know, you know, plays basketball and baseball. You guys are cool kids. We're talking, you know, like clothes and stuff like that. Yeah. You guys are good looking kids. So it's like you guys have, you guys are normal, but you're, you're recognizing that that part of society is over there and we actually want to keep it at arm's yeah, distance. And you're way. doing it together, which is interesting. Nick, I'm curious because you do have this contrast where you were in a school before. What was it like and what do you notice about? the lives of the, the the people that are choosing this different way at your school? Like, how is it affecting them? Because you have the now, you've had like an, a scientific experiment where you went to a previous school where they had a different kind of, let's say, culture or ideology happening. And then you went to this other school, which is much more serious, Catholic, you know, really along, as you said, they're committing the teachers to teaching the magisterium only and not going outside of that and much more serious people about this. Like, what do you see as the difference, the fruits of those two ways. So um, we can call myself the little test dummy here because <laughs> I'd experience it. And like it's it's exactly what you talk about, that it's happiness versus pleasure. Oh, yeah. You know? A like it's – you see these people living their lives, you know? And when I had to live my life um, around them, it's – you th this this – they can't go longer than a day without, like, they couldn't. Without, without figuring out what the yeah. next pleasure is, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's all about themselves, not about other people. Hmm. Name it. It's either going to be some sort of physical, sexual pleasure with someone else or by themselves. We can name them all. We know what they it's, all are. Yeah, we all deal that, with them as human beings. Drugs. Drugs or alcohol. alcohol. Um, like, it's just. Gossip. I, That'll be another one is let me tear others down, you know, as a way to build myself up. I mean, these are like these. It's just sin. 
Yeah. It's, it's, and that's the thing. That's what I feel like the main difference is, is um, going back to Mr. Westhead, my chemistry teacher. Like this, this talk yesterday was really amazing. Like I got so much from it. But he said a lot of what especially Catholics say is the problem is society, which obviously society is an issue. But the problem is within, mm. you know. So when we're struggling with our own sins, how are we supposed to fight that when we don't have a group around us? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's impossible. There's no way to you need to be in a good community and environment. Yeah. Where you have people around you ready to pick you up when you're struggling. You fall. So, yeah. You find the like, same Luke. Yeah. Like because you went from homeschooling and you've only been in this now for the past year and a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. So. So I feel like. Kind of what Nick was saying, people in different schools, when their friends fail, they fall, they do bad, the people around them, their friend group, they don't do, they mm-hmm. don't really care because they care about self-pleasure and mostly self-pleasure alone in some ways. But like me and my friend group, if we fall, we help each other back up and we care for our friends more than we care for drugs or self-pleasure. Mm-hmm. And. What do you find when you were saying before, Nikki, with that pleasure, you just go from pleasure to pleasure, like day to day, week to week versus actual happiness? Like, where do you find true happiness it's, in your lives, guys? I, Luke, go I, ahead. So, take over, buddy. So true happiness comes with how happy you make other people. Because if you, if you do something just for yourself versus if you do something for somebody else and you see that other person happy, it's going to make you feel better than how you made yourself feel by doing what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It's the happiness of the other person that matters more than the happiness of you, which is sacrifice, which is self-sacrifice because you're choosing the other person to be happy rather than you. Which <laughs> which counterculturally is actually yeah, the, providing you more happiness inside because of what you just gave you to someone yeah, else. Yeah. Whereas the world's telling you is seek your go get mines, you gotta it's dogs eating dogs, you gotta right? It's and seek your own pleasure. Yeah, so if, yeah. So like if you uh if you gave your friend like if you bought your friend in a jersey, uh sports jersey, and if you see how happy he is, that's gonna cause that's gonna cause you more joy than if you buy yourself a jersey or do something else for yourself solely. One of the things that's missing in our society today, um, yeah, and that's a that's a Christian virtue. So we have new ideologies and terms attached to these things, like oh, practice random, random acts of kindness, and it's yeah, absolutely, practice random yeah. acts of kindness. When you go into Wawa and you buy something, treat the person behind you. How much does it cost? Five bucks, yeah. ten bucks? Do you know what I mean? Also, treat the per- the cashier with respect. Yeah, don't just not care about them because th- you don't know what they're going through. And that's a Christian virtue to do that, you know? That's so what I do at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, these new people aren't allowed to hijack all of our uh, our Christian virtues, yeah. you know? Thanks, um, what were you going to say, Nikki, about the true happiness? I was just going to say that, like, it's like a never-ending, like, rabbit hole they're going down. You know what I'm saying? And you can, like, I can just see the people around me. Like, it's when every single weekend what the people are looking for is a chance to, like, go out and do bad stuff, you know, then when are you finally going to reach the point where it's like, ah, yes, I'm satisfied. Never, because mm-hmm. there's you're never sat, you're never going to be satisfied. we got to take them down to Kensington, Pete. Uh, they yeah. come we go down. there for <clears throat> Jane Luminous. You do? Yeah. yeah. 
to help. Oh, so you go down to uh, for Mission Youth? Yeah, I didn't go last year, but we, we my school went, the high school did. Uh, did they go during Holy Week? You mean when uh, Easter week? When uh, they, I think they did. Okay, I think they did. They may have. I'm not sure. Yeah, I wasn't there, so because that's where that. that's where the pleasure game ends. Essentially, yeah. I mean, for a lot of people, um, if you're only seeking pleasure, then you consistently need more and more of it, and it's like constantly ratcheting it up. Like maybe you can start out, oh, I'll just smoke a little bit of weed or whatever, worse because mm-hmm. now you can't live without it. Right, and then that little bit of weed Becomes doesn't cool. work anymore. So you need a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and a little bit more. And eventually you become a slave. And if you want to see what that looks like in real life, you just have to go down just a couple of blocks from here, down to Kensington. If anybody's watching this and wants to take a look, just look on YouTube for Kensington. Just look on YouTube and you'll see what we're talking about here. That the- there's just people that are zombies because they... They got lost, and they lost. They literally lost a part of themselves because of this pursuit of just pleasure. That's what it was. I mean, that's what that is, right? If you're just like, I need to feel, I need to either not feel what I'm feeling, or I want to chase this particular feeling, and I'm going to do it with exogenous chemicals like marijuana or whatever, and then they get completely, completely lost, and it's so sad, so dark, so dark. If it presented itself as a cliff, you would know better because you'd stand at the edge of the cliff and no one would choose to fall off, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't look that way. No, but when it's presented as a slippery slope, it's literally like being in a car on a hill and we just had a huge ice storm. So you're on this you know, very, very slow graded or, you know, like minor pitched slippery slope, but it's all ice. Yeah. There's only one way and it's down. It's the frog and boiling water effect. Oh, Andrew, right. It, right. Luke, I don't know if you were to drop a frog in boiling water, it's going to hop right out right away. But if you were to drop a frog in lukewarm water, turn it to boil, the frog's not going to jump out. It's yeah. going to sit there and cook. So it's the same thing. If you show somebody before they, like, do any drugs, hey, you could wind up – well, I guess they do do that. People still make mistakes. But if you show them, hey, you're going to wind up in Kensington one day, nobody would ever do that if that mm-hmm. if it was just – but – But that's not – it's what Andrew said. It's introduced very slow and minor yeah. in something that you can control. And then – once it's out of control, it's already – one of our amazing teachers in the area – her name is Shana, had said the same thing to me. She said, Pete, it troubles me so much that I have these high school girls, and I know, and 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 it's the ones you don't think it is. It's the 4.0 girl that's, like, great at whatever sport, field hockey, lacrosse, whatever, basketball. And she said, but I know they're going out, and they're being totally promiscuous on the weekends. They're partying, you know, just getting absolutely annihilated, alcohol, drugs, or whatever, and they don't realize yet because they still have everything intact and under control. They still have the 4.0 and they're still doing well in school and and in sports. They don't realize that it's going to catch up with them. And if you were to go, which Andrew, you've been when you're down in Kensington, that's what you encounter. You encounter the people where it caught up with them and they could, they lost control. They no longer had control. So what's the anecdote to that? The anecdote to that is when you see the mission youth kids carrying the cross through the city, walking up to encounter these people, 
and and asking them for their prayer requests and uniting it to the cross. Now, I know we're coming in late in the game at that point, but through him all things are possible. So so obviously God can heal these people if they would just simply give God their yes. Um, but I think for you guys, what you bring to the table as young men is how do we give God our yes now so that we don't have to wind up in Kensington, you know, giving God our yes later and trying to come back to him after a life of all that, you know, just pain and, you know, destruction. So one of the things that you guys mentioned to me when we were in the car um, riding down was take an action in your young adult lives now. We were talking about the pro-life movement and how you can take action there, but also take an action in your um, in your young Catholic adult lives too. So one of the things that you guys do besides school that I think is a crucial piece to all of this, and Mommy has said the same thing, Nick, a crucial piece to all of this is point-to-point management, getting you guys from point-to-point, point, which is why your friend groups matter so much. You guys go to a youth group every single Thursday night. Yeah. So sure. can we talk a little bit about that and where you feel like that fits into all this and in your life? Yeah. Um, I mean, youth groups specifically, that's like probably the highlight of my week. Yeah. Every single – and, I've, Dad, I've told you this before. It's it's so amazing. Every single week, what we'll do is we'll we'll get there and we'll have time to like hang out, talk, whatever. But then we read the Gospels at, for that upcoming Sunday and – We'll talk about it a little bit and then spend time in adoration and then we'll obviously eat some pizza and then that's it. But um, every single week, the gospel and our conversation, our discussions are exactly what I needed yeah. every week. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, this is happening in my life. Yeah. Right yeah. Really? And you yeah. too, Luke? Yeah. It's a- so- Alyssa has said this also. And I think maybe Petey, but that was one wow. of the first things Alyssa noticed. Yeah. She's like, the things that I'm struggling with right now are like my problems in my life. It's like we're talking about it. We're talking about it, yeah. yeah. And it's that extra boost you need to get to like go into the weekend. And then you have that boost going into the weekend. And then you get an even bigger boost from mass confession over the weekend. And then it's just like it sets you on the right path for the week, you know? I was talking to – um friend of mine who's a nun in West Philly and she was she runs a group of um every Sunday after church they get together and like read the gospel and talk about it and I thought it was interesting what you guys were saying because she said that it's one of the things that the Catholic Church struggles with which is community mm-hmm. meaning people getting together and talking about it it's very almost transactional we're very focused on the sacraments so we'll go in and we're like I just need my give me that give me the Eucharist and I'm the out vitamin. And yeah, yeah give me my yeah. Eucharist and I'm out I'm yeah. out whereas in Protestant churches because I discerned in different different Christian churches and for example locally there was like a Quaker church in near my neighborhood and I kind of liked what they were doing but after every service they would get together and have a potluck after every Sunday and they would talk to people and they would have food and they would commune about whatever and a lot of Protestant churches do that. And it's one thing that it's nice that there's a supplement because it's the one thing where when I came to the Catholic Church, obviously it's the right church. That's no question. That's not that's not up for debate in my mind at least. But there is this piece of I was like, wow, it seems like everybody just disperses after church. And there's yeah. not this kind of, hey, let's talk about this. Let's get together as a group 
and have I think one thing's about the Men for Life um, podcast and larger movement, which growing little by little, is the idea of just talking about all of these things, talking about these issues, because that's what everyone's dealing with. As you guys said, you have issues that you want to talk to other people about, hear what they're doing, hear how the Gospels have to relate to it, as opposed to, hey, I went, hey, the Eucharist is amazing. As you said, it's a miracle that's happening every day, the sacrifice at the Mass. And also, community is really important to have friends to have people that you can discuss these things with. Yeah. So that's great that you guys do that. So I'm kind of curious, Andrew, what was it one thing specifically that made you realize the Catholic Church is the way to be over some other Christian churches or where was it a couple things or over time you just realized what specifically drew you to the Catholic Church? Well, the, this is, I think it's I forget John Henry Newman or one of these guys has this thing called the illative sense. What he meant what he means is that there's this there's many different things that come together. So it's hard to say like one particular thing. Yeah. But number one, um, the actual churches. So for example, it was the started with what they call in Latin, uh, the via pulchritudinis, the way of beauty. So I sat in Europe. You guys, you probably haven't been to Europe yet. Yeah. If you've ever look at some pictures, and if you ever are lucky enough that God blesses you to go over to Europe, yeah. go into the churches. We have beautiful churches in Philadelphia and in the country, but it's like the NBA. The NBA in the United States is the top basketball players of the world. So all the best basketball players come to the United States. And we send, we have, there's like an NBA in Europe, but it's like if you can't really make it in the NBA in the United States, you go to the like yeah. leagues of Europe. It's the opposite of like that in churches. So like we have some good churches, but they have they have like the LeBron James of churches yeah. over there. It's unbelievable. Or the Michael Jordan. Yeah, or the Michael Jordan. Saying, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. They have the Michael Jordan church. So, yeah, LeBron, we're not a fan. Um, the, so, but, so sitting in those churches, the beauty of the building itself, because there's three, there's three transcendentals. There's truth, goodness, and beauty. And so in the beginning, I wasn't really open to the truth of the faith because I didn't believe that people rose from the dead in principle. Yes. And I didn't think that that was possible. And so I just, you know, that was like a deal killer. And then I wasn't open to the goodness of the faith because there was like priests that were doing bad things with kids and whatnot. Um, and there's a lot of human frailty in the church. But the beauty... And in goodness, you want me to trade pleasure for happiness. Yeah, like and a lot, all of that, to, all of that, yeah. all of that. And then, but the beauty was absolutely undeniable. It was, it's not an argument. You can't argue with it. You're just sitting in the most beautiful building I had ever seen in my entire life, listening to music, like, for example, Bach. I'm a, mu a classical music fan, so <laughs> to hear, like, um, Bach's Mass in B minor or something while sitting in a church like that. He wrote that music for church. And so I was overwhelmed and those are Catholic buildings. Those aren't Protestant churches. Those are Catholic churches. Those are built by Catholics for Catholics. And then the idea of, I never had, I had a much more, I had a much bigger problem in converting for, with the Jesus question and the rising from the dead than I did the Catholic faith question because the Catholic piece seemed obvious to me, meaning it was really hard to believe that Christianity or Catholicism was broken until you know, the 1500s when some, like, German monk came around to fix it, Martin Luther and the start of, like, that seems crazy to me. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Or, you know, because the 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 people in, in 
whatever in Eastern Christianity didn't like the the Pope or what have you. Like to me, the only church that has the apostolic tradition that has the that goes all the way back to the beginning, that's my church for sure. I don't care what happens within the church. I believe that that's the church that Christ founded on this earth. So that's oh. that's my that's I put I went all in on. It doesn't even seem it's not even really. I don't I don't even when my Protestant friends and I have a lot of them try to sell me on their particular. I think Carl Jung said this, who's a famous psychologist. He said, the end game of the Protestant revolution is that everybody's their own church. That just doesn't make wow. sense to me. You know, this idea of mm-hmm. like, like that's the, that's the necessary end game. Because if you just keep, it'll just keep frack, it'll just keep breaking apart and breaking apart and breaking apart and breaking apart and breaking apart. Whereas the Catholic is, has integritas, has like one universal. And that, that to me is the home. There's no, there's no real... Um, it's not even close, actually. The Jesus thing was harder because I was like, "Really, rise from the dead? Come on!" Maybe everybody was tripping or whatever. <laughs> and born but, and raised Jewish, and yeah, and we that have a, would yeah. be the largest hurdle for you, of course. Yeah, we have a. The Jewish people have a very deep um, dislike for the Jesus thing because he was a Jew, and kind of, um, and there's a lot of anti-Semitism. Because a lot of people believed for a long time that the Jews were responsible for the death of Jesus. And so a lot of anti-Semitism came from that. And so there's a lot of scars and wounds in the Jewish history against the church. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, that's a thing. Not yeah. just like the Inquisition, but like yeah. a, long, a long history of that. What were you going to say? I was going to say about like the resurrection. Obviously, it's e- easier for me to say um, because I was born into it like to me it makes no sense like i i don't get how you couldn't believe in the resurrection but for someone who didn't i if you go into with it if you go into it with an open mind you look at all of the facts you know i'm sure it's a lot easier for you to say now like the facts point towards jesus resurrected do you want I'm to give you. us one of the main scientific artifacts? I like that you to might evangelize be. me, man. This is great. Do you I want to give one of the main? Um, yeah, the Shroud of Turin is one of the most fascinating things, in my opinion. <laughs> it's so amazing. Like, like the scientists, the I thought I, I thought that it was blood that stained the shroud, you know, but it's not. It was from an immense. Scientists cannot explain how it happened. They cannot recreate what happened to the shroud to this day. It was such an immense amount of energy that it almost like engraved Jesus's imprint onto the shroud. And they can't do that today. So you're going to tell me that they did it all the way back then? There's no way. Yeah. There's no possible way. It's so funny. Yeah, I think to me, it's you just look, if you think about it, it's so improbable, right? Like there was a lot of people all along the way in, you know, dressed in robes saying that they were the Messiah yeah. or they were God. Mm-hmm. But who in the history of the world, it? especially in that region, it's like a thing. I think in I think somebody told me this, I don't know if it's true, but they said that there's like a special in Israel, there's a special designation in the psychiatric wards for people that like are claiming to be the Lord. <laughs> oh, because like, it's like I such a thing know. even today. There's like people in robes on the corner uh, like, I'm the second coming. I don't know if that's true. It's apocryphal. I don't know. But anyway, the point is is that um so here's this one carpenter from, you know, um, on a donkey, 
and the entire changes the entire world. I mean, he's the reason why it's 2022 today. Yes. Like it's just so improbable. So, okay, what's your what's your explanation? Well, they were all tripping. It's like, you know, okay, maybe, but it just seems such so much more logical to me that they really saw the risen Christ and they were will- why else were they willing to go to their death? Yeah. Why else were and then why and it changed the entire world this guy this one man's life so i don't see i mean i just i i wasn't there so i yeah. can't know 100 percent. there's but, a um an author and speaker who he said something pretty cool 20 it's like 20 years ago now and he said christianity is like gravity you can ignore it if you want to but either way it still exists yeah exactly it's just it's everywhere and that's what's interesting we're talking about the culture the, that was Vinny Roazzi, by the way. Shout out. Getting, go. getting Rich mean? with Integrity was the name of the book. So there, there's like I think all these people that are talking about like social justice and all these guys that are pitching you all this like craziness, the feminism stuff and all this all this stuff. It's all based upon the idea that human beings have value and rights, which is which is a Christian concept, essentially. Yeah. So it's like this weird form of Christianity being resold to you in this what they call ersatz form it's like a fake form it's like not real it's like when you have like it's like it's like vegan meat it's like you know what i mean like vegan bacon have you ever had vegan bacon it's terrible it's like a fake form of bacon yeah and that's what they're that's what it's being sold when you guys have the real stuff you have the real nutrition and you have it and you're young men it's like i'm looking at you like when i was your age i was so lost i had none of that you know, like I didn't know what the heck I was doing and I looked for my answers in the world and I can tell you there are no answers in the world. Like the world doesn't make sense without the Catholic faith. It makes no sense without the Christian worldview because all you are then is a monkey on a rock floating in infinite space and your life doesn't matter and your thoughts can't relate to anything true and you're just this little atom when in power struggles with other atoms trying to rub up against them so you get as much pleasure as you can until you die in a meaningless, justiceless universe. Yeah. And it's crazy. And no wonder everybody's like friggin' turning their hair blue like non human colors and trying to whack themselves out on whatever drugs or internet sites that they can. Because they can't. They have to try to blot out the reality of the meaninglessness of their lives because they don't they won't accept that they were created by the by God in the imago dei and that their lives have a massive value and as you guys said to serve others like that's their main mission that's why we were all created by love in the service of love so if you don't know that if you don't see that of course you're going to be pissed off all the time of course you're going to you know like just do of course you're going to kill your baby why you know like you're just you're bringing your baby into a meaningless universe to be another monkey on a rock floating in infinite space. So maybe you're doing the baby a favor by just killing it. Like, you said not? it before, Nikki. If my life has no true meaning, no authentic yeah. meaning, what's the difference? The problem's internally. It's not out there. It's in here. If yeah. it's what Andrew just described and my life has no true meaning, then that means that no one else's life has meaning either. Yeah. So now I can kill a baby Right, an elder adult, right, a disabled human being, whomever. Yeah, Dad, you know this um, quote from. That's a you guys are. Yeah, 
I'm That's thankful really to be in conversation with other men like yourselves. Yeah. And I genuinely mean that. Amen. Amen. It's Go. men for life, boys. Go ahead, Nikki. Go no, ahead. I was going to say, quote from C.S. Lewis, Dad, you know this. I've probably said this to you a hundred thousand times. If we find ourselves not content with what we have on this planet, it's probably because we are made for something much greater than this. Yeah. You know? Mm. And I don't know. I'm, I don't know if you agree, Andrew, but. I love it. That was like Andrew <laughs> level. Uh, the, the, no, C.S. Lewis is yeah. very high level. So oh, I forgot. I didn't want to interrupt. But for any of you struggling with uh, with that and this little um, conversation that just ensued was um, more than a carpenter is one of the uh, CDs I listen to and books that are available. And it gives you your options. It was an atheist mm-hmm. who then. Is that Lee Sobel? Uh, no, it was. Oh. Um, uh, oh gosh, it'll come to me later, but it tells us we all have to decide. We have to answer the Jesus question on who Jesus is because he was real and he's a historical fact. (laughs) So at that point, who is he? And we only have three options to choose. And those three options would be on the CD or on the book. So, um, go ahead, Nikki, you had said, um, so I was going to say, I don't know if you would agree with me on this, Andrew, but the point where I felt most, um, like lost in life wasn't when I was in the wrong environment and it wasn't when I was in the right environment. It was when I was in between. Mm. It was when I knew I shouldn't be doing the wrong stuff. Right. But what am I supposed to be doing? You know, I didn't feel lost when I was at my old schools and when I like, it's because I didn't know God as Mm. much as I do now, Mm. you know, that wasn't when I fell off. It was when I was in between and I didn't know what was right, mm-hmm. you know? That's so, the most lost feeling that you've had in your life so yeah. far? And mm. it, it wasn't even at rock bottom either. It was when I'm feeling better, my morale's up, you know? But where do I go from now? Where do I go from here, you know? Right. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. I mean, it's... Uh, I, I've been lost a lot of ways. I've been lost in every way you can be lost, man. So like, I don't. I can't even count. I mean, I couldn't even tell you. It's just like decades in the wilderness. Layer, layers of lost. Layers, layers yeah, like spent. like layers of darkness. I mean, it's just so lost. So anyway, I don't. I don't Luke, I don't do you know what uh, he's talking about or no? Yeah. No, I do not. No. About like how he's lost. Yeah, or feelings of either oh, aloneness oh, or lost. Yeah. Um. Maybe uh Yeah, not how he was. Yeah, oh yeah, I your, really how No, 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 in your like in your young adult life. Yeah. Um I would say the most time like being lost the most that like, the time where I felt the most lost is when I was at my highest. Like when I was the most comfortable, when I was like everything all lights were on me, almost like all attention is on me. I'm like, why why is this happening? Like what was the situation in specific? Well, there's like a bunch of different situations. Like, you know, um, maybe if, like, when you're killing it, like Luke in life, you're always at the top you're, of yeah. your team. Like, so no, this sounds like a continual struggle me, for you, Luke. <laughs> 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 the lights are always on. Have you seen this dude's shoes? I mean, <laughs> go ahead, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> um, where was I? What was I saying? You, you were, were saying, killing it. Yeah, you were killing, killing it, and your times of and everybody lost. was looking at you, yeah, bowing like, to you. This this is not what I was made for. I was not made to be oh, everything to be on me. It's supposed to be Jesus. I'm like this is uh, not this is not mm, right. Mm, and, which is really hard. If if you're if I mean the devil attacks you when you're at your highest, 
So, um, if if everybody's loving you, like celebrities, everybody's loving you, you're not gonna think about you're not gonna think about God. You're not gonna think about Jesus. You're gonna think about yourself, obviously, and it's right for you. And but you're really lost in that situation because you're not with God, and it's really hard to turn away from fame and every fame and money and fortune to be with God where you're actually home instead of being lost where you feel home. So that's, if you don't mind, I want to hit on that if it's okay. okay. If I'm a young person listening to this right now, do you guys think that that might be, if we can draw a parallel right there, is is that what other young people or even older people, is that what they're struggling with right now? Is the focus is on themselves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say definitely. Um, Mr. A? It's not just Hollywood because you don't have to be rich to have this self-absorbed yeah. focus, right? Yeah. If you guys were to just look at your peers and look at other mm. schools and... It's a good way to break it down, Pete. Yeah, and look at Snapchat and, you know, and, and all these other Reaction. forms of social media, right? Is that what you guys are encountering and seeing as these guys are giggling and laughing on the other couch, right? Is that what you're encountering and seeing? Are you seeing a self-absorbed culture of others where the spotlight is on them instead of them shining it onto someone else yeah. or onto God? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Mr. A, when we were at Steubenville, I know you know Mr. A. Um, That's but... Joseph Aquilanti. Yeah, you got to get him on the show, Pete. Yeah. What's up? You should have been on the show a long time. Your Pope John Paul two socks are coming, coming in, the in the mail. Also, yeah. this is your, your official your invitation. Shoes are coming, bro. <laughs> but no, he told me at Steubenville. He said, um, "I think he told the group. He said you'll find yourself happiest when you aren't caring at all about yourself. When you're always caring about your neighbor and doing whatever's like best for them, you'll find yourself most happy." Mm. Yeah, so people listening at home, try try doing something for another person and see how they feel and see how you feel, and you would just feel so good. Can we make that a practice each yeah. day for all of us, our listeners, that I'm going to try to do something nice for someone else each Amen. day, Amen. and we're going to keep it Great small idea. and basic, and I'm going to call someone on the phone, not text them, not snap them, not whatever other form of uh, of not DM them. I'm going to call them on the phone, and even if Speak I don't get a them. hold of them, I'm going to leave that message right. of why I think that they're wonderful yeah. or amazing. Yeah, I saw um, one time on TikTok. It was this person was saying like, just go like compliment someone today, just make their day. Even and it's so crazy because it sounds so like stupid, but if literally. Like, it's not holding the door for – say, hey, you're I, lo- I love your shoes, you know? If you do that, like, a couple times a day, you just made so many people smile. Yeah. You know? Hey, Luke, I have a question for you, man. It's a little different. But right. you're, are you a listener to the Men of for Life show? Yeah. So you've heard, like, all of our episodes? Yeah, pretty much. So, like, you're our target audience, yes. which is awesome. So I wanted to just get a little feedback from you. Like, what are we doing well? Like, why do you listen to the Men for Life show? Like, um, what, what, what do you? I know. P, I know Nick's your buddy, and yeah. like Pete's your buddy, and whatever. But like, they don't. For, they're not sitting there forcing your, the podcast on you. These guys like, are dabbing each other up right now. I'm nice, not being dabbed nice. up right now. Uh, and this is a re- <laughs> weird question because me and Pete are creators of the show, and so we're sitting here and like uh-huh. you're, you know, you're, 
whatever. But I'm curious because we don't have a ton of listeners yet. We're going to have a massive yeah. amount of people uh-huh. like you. But right now, you're part of a select crew. Yeah. Of people so, that listen to the Men for Life show, uh, Men for Life podcast uh-huh. consistently. So your target is mostly um, a men, obviously, but like young adults, young yeah. men like ourselves. And what we're attracted to me to want to be on this podcast is obviously Nate being my friend, but it's the young people that were on here. Mm. And I was like, all right, so I want to go do that. And I forget his name, but who was the person? Antoine. Antoine. Yeah, Antoine. I'm like, Antoine's on. He's a young guy. And I I don't know if it's just me, but if you're you're a, a young man like myself, and if you're listening to other men like yourself speak, it's more entertaining than... And you would rather listen to them than, than other adults like, like other grown men. Got but it. but it's not that we don't. Li- it's not no, that like we don't like, listen. Hey, to we them. get it. But like, you, it's more attractive. It's more attracting to hear what a younger guy has to say than an older guy. Right, because no they're going through what you're going yeah, through yeah. now. Because yeah. they like me and Pete, yeah. we don't know what you're talking about. We now. get it. Yeah, totally get it. That's not, have, by like, the way, that's not. That's not. That's that, fine. That's yeah, fair. That's that. totally. Yeah. That's all we good. That. Yeah, we totally get that. That's, that's why we appreciate that feedback. Dude. That's awesome. Man. So we should have more young dudes. Yeah, more young there. dudes. I feel like that would really help grow the podcast. Cool. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord has heard you, and bring us more young people. I would like to know, for me, the largest issue that's going on in the world right now, and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, but the largest issue that's going on in the world right now is 42 million human babies are being murdered each year across the globe. In our country, it's over a million. It's 2,300 per day in the United States. And it's 42 million per year. That also means that it took a mom and a dad to make that baby. It took a sperm and an egg. So that means there's two people associated to that baby so that's 84 million people per year that are walking around that are now post-abortive what do you guys so what do you think about that luke and what can you do as a young man right now to help to counteract this this just just grave evil in the world um so you know go out there don't be afraid don't be scared go out there and send the message and you're young some people may not listen to you, but other people could be inspired by you. And there's this one thing we have. It's called Seed Philly, and that's a really good way. It's a bunch of younger kids like me and Nick are in it. And we spread – we really just spread, like, the word and, like, what is good, kind of what is bad. And we went to the March for Life in, Phil, in uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it was and in that's a Yeah, that's, like, a really great way to go out there and be like – not be yeah just go out there and show people that you're not afraid and this is wrong this is wrong and you're kids and you realize that and there's adults that don't realize that so i think that's a yeah i would just say like bouncing off what you said luke you, the impression that you make on people is so important yeah. so first impression like, yeah like harvard i i'm almost positive it was harvard did a study one time this is really interesting they went up to random people in a park okay and they gave Half of the people hot coffee to hold for a second while they tied their shoe or something. And then they gave the other half of the people iced coffee to hold while they tied their shoe or something. They held it for whatever, half a minute, a minute, whatever. They took their coffee back, left. And then about five minutes later, they went up to those same people 
and different person obviously going up to the same person that had to hold the coffee and said here read the story okay what do you think about the main character in the story right it was like 80 some percent of the people that had to hold the hot coffee said he was very abrasive seemed angry right almost the exact percentage i think it was like 81 and 80 percent the people who had to hold the iced coffee said he was very like felt very cold hearted down inside you know like absolutely the what you tell people is very like important and the impression you leave on them is very important so that we should be out there every day maybe not every day but yeah every day really we should be out there yeah it's it's hard for us to think about it but in the united states if if 2,300 babies are being murdered per day, it's pretty much like every 20 seconds. So yeah. I think as minutes are ticking by, we forget that two or three more humans were just killed. Two mm-hmm. or three more hum- humans were just killed. And, you know, in, in every single minute. I mean, sometimes you're a little bored in a class or something, you know, and yeah. it's like 40 minutes go by. You forgot that 100 babies were just killed during that 40 minutes. So, so you're right. It's really something every day. We can never do enough to help, but but maybe maybe we're going about the approach wrong. Maybe it's what you said and both of you boys have described. Maybe the answer isn't out there somewhere. Maybe the answer is in here. How do we go and reach others so that we're not handing them the hot coffee or the cold coffee? How do we how do we how do we go about that and take action and and help them to understand. Yeah. Do we just want to convince them of pro-life apologetics? Because I've been learning pro-life apologetics for like the last 17 years now. And I'm really, really well versed in them after the last 17 years. I've heard all of it. All of it, right? But it's I don't know if that's the answer because... I think the answer lies in bringing people to Christ. Yeah. I would definitely. Um, we have to write a thesis for school, junior and senior year. You have to write a thesis, and when I was picking a topic to write mine on, one of the things that I was, one of the topics I was thinking about is, does having God in your life solve all of your problems, right? And I honestly would answer that question yes. Now you might not obviously if like someone you know died in a car accident. He's, he's not, loving God isn't going to bring them back in your life, but. He's always there for you. He's always going to love you. He's, oh, You know what I'm saying? And heaven is always the goal to look forward to. So I think that like like what we're pointing to that is like maybe like just being pro-life isn't the answer. It's you have to have God in there too, you know? Yeah. That solves a sure. lot. What do you think, Luke? Uh, I agree with Nick. And he pretty much – that's what I was going to say. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Give it your yeah. Give it your spin. What? Uh, was it the same thing you yeah, were going to say, same, or yeah, sli- same slightly thing. different? No, it was like the same exact thing. What? Yeah. What? Why haven't God in there so important, guys? Um, well, as opposed to just me. Well, God, no matter how many times you fail, He's always going to be there to help you, help pick you up again. And that's pretty much. It's like it's like the best friend you could possibly yeah. have. He'll, mm. He's always there for you no matter what. Mm. Everywhere. And even like he's going to give you so much and even when you 
even though he gives you so much, you, you could be healthy, you could have a loving family, you could have so like be very like look amazing, you could have good grades, you could be great at sports, whatever. And even though he gave you so much, you could completely turn your back on him. Mm-hmm. Right? You could treat him like garbage. Say, no, God, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He still loves you. He's still going to be there for you mm-hmm. when you realize that, oh, you didn't do it right. You know, like he's like he's always there for you, you know. Amen. Nikki, amen is right. But um, you may be one of the 84 million people last year who's walking around that did have an abortion and male or female. And that's a really good point is God still loves you. He amen. totally loves you. Yeah. He just wants you to come back. You might be the young adult right now and you've been sexually active or you've been promiscuous or you might be on your phone all the time and you've fallen into that trap of the porn industry coming after you through your phone. It's okay. You're not, we're not infallible. Jesus was like us in all things other than sin. <laughs> None of us are Jesus. We all slip up, but God loves us. And as Catholics, that's what makes our sacrament of confession so wonderful because when we do slip up it gives us an opportunity to go in there to get right with him to tell him hey i know i messed up and not only do i know i messed up i really am with your help gonna try not to do it anymore i had a funny confession story this weekend i went and father beatrice i didn't know this but like i didn't wait to the end where he actually forgave me like through in persona Christi forgave me of my sins. So he had to chase me. So I left the confession. <laughs> I left the confessional too early and the father had to chase me down and be like, come, come back. <laughs> Absolution hadn't. Right. Hadn't Absolutely. He had to come oh, after me. Man. Yeah. So, um, there's this quote, um, by, thanks father. Um, Appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, father. You're awesome. By this Dutch writer. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name wrong. Corey ten boom. I, I might be, mm-hmm. I may be pronouncing that wrong. Um, but she says he uses our our problems for his miracles. This was when this was my first lesson in learning to completely trust him. You know, so it's like, yeah, you may have messed up horribly, you know, but like, like, like we said, that's that's God's wheelhouse. You know, all you have to do is just say, "I'm sorry, I trust you." You know, yeah, that is God's wheelhouse. Yeah, that is that's a great line. That's God's wheelhouse. <laughs> Gentlemen, we're going to um, land this ship here, and uh, really appreciate Luke you coming on, Thank man. I, to get great. a listener, and we really appreciate you spending the time and teaching us about what it's like to uh, to be you and Nick. Also, having you come back, we love having you on the show, man. You guys are again. You guys are the 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 reason we do the show is to talk to men, especially young men. And that's our goal is to try to catechize and evangelize and get you guys as fired up as, as we can with the help of the Holy Spirit to you know, put on the armor and um, live out the faith in a way in a culture that doesn't want you to do that. And so that's the goal of this podcast and all the podcasts that Pete and I are doing. So um, we really appreciate it. Pete, I know that you're the um, you have some stuff to read as we uh, as we as we uh, sign off. But again, I just want to thank you guys for coming in. It was a huge blessing. It was thank a, it was a real was pleasure from yeah. our side to have you. And we'd love to have you yeah. back, Luke. And hopefully you'll continue to listen to the podcast. Yeah, we'll try sure. to get more young people on for you.
but uh, you guys really were tremendous. Yeah, it was honestly. awesome. It was really I awesome, did. and we we appreciate it. And for older guys, you younger guys are firing us up. Yeah, man, know? it's great. <laughs> we're old and tired. We need the energy. You're the future. The youth. You Come are the in. future. You are the Pope John Paul II cultural life. And Amen. This is where it comes Amen from. To so, that. Amen. Yeah. Amen is right. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to my nephew, Christopher. Today's his birthday, November 9th. He's 16 today. I want to give a shout out to a few other amazing Regina people so they're not forgotten. Um, we have Mr. Scoville. Yes. Right? Um, yeah. One of the amazing teachers. Logic yeah. teacher. Um, he's been covering some amazing logic material. Nikki comes home and tells me. Uh, Miss Madura, brand yeah. new. Yeah. Great teacher. Theology. Mr. Lewis. Yeah. And um, Mr. Canuthia. Mr. Canuthia. The, yeah. the most joyful, the most joy-filled person probably joy. ever. Yeah. He is joy. He is. I've never seen him not smiling. Just finally got to meet Mrs. Brahaney in person today. Um Husband is a bioethicist. Look out for that. We're actually going to interview him live for Pennsylvanians for Human Life and have that captured on video, his teaching. And uh, everyone at Regina Luminous, outstanding job. And these two young men are a testament to what's happening there. Yeah, great work over there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So November 9th, Archbishop Fulton Sheen says, Our enjoyment of life is vastly increased if we follow the spiritual injunction to bring some mortification and self-denial into our lives. Our enjoyment of life is vastly increased if we follow the spiritual injunction to bring some mortification and self-denial into our lives. Jump in that cold shower, boys. Yeah. Because as you guys said, that can, yeah, that and that can actually lead to true happiness by getting outside of ourselves and getting off self and getting on purpose and on purpose with God. So we'll wrap up in prayer, uh, if that's okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Pray for us. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Men for Life, signing off. Signing in the off. name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen.